1: Welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content. I'm your host, Nikesh Raghani, as always, BBC and SEN cricket commentator, alongside my co-host, Sara Waris of Wisden. And uh, Sara, busy one to get through. T20 World Cup Super 12 stage ticking down. The days uh, are coming at us thick and fast and not long to go until India versus Pakistan. Uh, so we're, we're going to not quite preview the match. We'll, we'll have another episode previewing the India versus Pakistan match in more detail in the next day or so. But for now, we are going to talk about India's batting approach. India's batting seems to be their, their biggest strength going into this T20 World Cup. So we'll look at that, how that's changed since the last T20 World Cup a year ago. We'll also look at India being one of the favourites along with Australia and England and whether that tag is helpful or not. And uh, we've also got politics to discuss. There's always politics, isn't there, with Indian cricket and uh, the whole leadership debate at the top of the BCCI. Saurabh Ganguly out, Roger Binney in, Jay Shah remaining put. So all of that to come on today's episode. But Sarah, let's kick off then because you've been looking at the numbers, haven't you, with uh, India's batting approach in T20 international cricket over the last year or so since the last T20 World Cup. You've been crunching the numbers. You've written an article for Wisden as well. Just just tell us how that has changed and, and why we're, we're all sort of gleaming about the batting all of a sudden.
2: Yeah, so um, after the last World Cup, after the first round exit, uh, Rohit Sharma was very vocal about changing the batting approach. So, uh, the captain and the management, the uh, the coach, they understood, they identified that the batting approach was not what it should be in T20Is. And uh, yeah, I have numbers to prove that also. So uh, from 2018, I'm not going way back before 2018 because obviously the game has changed and T20I, obviously the, the game has changed a lot. So, you know, going back and uh having stats from before won't, won't really make a lot of uh, sense so from 2018 just uh, want to talk about you know how the batting approach of the top 3 and the middle order has changed which has led to an overall change in you know the batting approach so top 3 from 2018 to 2021 they had a strike rate of 137 138 uh, which was yeah okay not that bad, but not that great also, especially the fact that, you know, they occupied uh, around 11 overs in every match. So, you know, batting um, 11 overs for at a strike rate of 138 left very little for the middle order to do. It's almost like the template which Pakistan cricket are following off late. You know, the openers, they hog most of the uh, strike and then it gets tough for the middle order to get going. And which is exactly what happened so, the middle order then, they ha- from 2018 to 21, they only had a strike rate of 132. So, the overall, you know, the score, the pass score which India managed, average score which India managed, was around 160, 165, considering, you know, the strike rate was not the greatest. And since the World Cup, the overall strike rate has changed, 146, the overall team strike rate, which is the best in the world, The top three is batting with a strike rate of 142. Uh, Not a big improvement, but a significant change from the 138, which they had earlier. And the middle order, they had a strike rate of 132, which has increased to 152 in the last, you know, uh, 11 or 12 months, which is a significant change. So just, uh, you know, it's just a change of around 25, 30 runs, but that has... uh,
1: well, that's massive, isn't it? it? Change,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a big thing, yeah. So, uh, Rohit was vocal about it, and it's encouraging to see, you know, how the entire batting order has um, taken on that approach and are yeah, yeah taking steps. I mean, through. it's
1: it's almost like it's it's a Rohit Sharma thing, isn't it? The the change in captaincy, of course, since the last T Twenty World Cup uh, across all formats. Uh, and it was very much Virat's, I don't know if it was his idea or just based on the, the personnel available to him, but it was a tactic of his certainly to have at least one or two guys in that top four who could bat through, who could play that anchor role. And that all seems to have gone out the window. I mean, Kale Rahul was getting so much stick for, for so many years. I mean, look, he, he been playing for the Kings 11 Punjab or the Punjab Kings as they later became known and didn't really have much support in that batting lineup, so he was asked to play that anchor role there. And that sort of translated a little bit into the national side in more recent times as well. He's gone over to Lucknow again. You know, there, there were some similar issues uh, in that season with the Lucknow Super Giants as well, but. He's gone into beast mode recently, hasn't he? And he's scoring 50s for fun and not just scoring 50s, but scoring them at a very, very impressive strike rate, which is exactly what we know he can do, what he should be doing and what is needed in modern T20 cricket from a player of his quality at the top of the order. And especially in a side which generally, I mean, before the injury to Jadeja specifically, batted so deep, and, and tends to bat quite deep. And even now, you know, some of the selections, the fact that Herschel gets picked quite often and, and things like that, is it's because they want to bat so deep and they want to use that tactic of everybody just goes hard. And it doesn't matter if we lose four or five wickets, we're going to keep going hard. And only in certain situations where you really are down to the tail, if you lose another wicket, you see that bit of caution sometimes for an over or two, but it's, it's just refreshing to see, isn't it? And and it's not just, I mean, we talk about Coley and his tactics as captain, but the fact that he is a batter as well is now in beast mode. And and that sort of started with the England series, didn't it? India's tour of England uh, in 2022, the White Ball series after that one-off test. And Roy just said, look, we're going to go hard. They scored well over 200 in that first game at Southampton and, and never really looked back even uh, you know when they were in losing positions in a couple of those games uh, through the T20s and the ODIs, they just carried on with that tactic. It's, it's great to see. It's rubbing off on all the senior guys. And Sarah, they, they need to use that to their, their, their strength, don't they, in this World Cup? Because with the injury to Bumrah, with the question marks over the death bowling and, and just the bowling in general, really the fact that Yuzi might have gone off the boil a little bit in recent times, that that becomes even more crucial, doesn't it? That extra 20, 30 runs in a yeah. match. That's the difference between you qualifying, between making the final and not, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Uh, before I get into that, you know, in the middle, I liked how you spoke about that one-off test match and not the fifth test match. <laughs> it was, someone from it England, was a one-off
1: test like- <laughs> match. We won, yeah. look, according to India on 99.94 yeah. and all of our subscribers and, and our followers, our listeners, our viewers on YouTube... It was a four-match series in 2021, which India won 2-1. Yeah. Uh, London was conquered with the victories at the Oval and Lords. And, uh, you know, we we just came off, played a one-off test match, let the ECB yeah. make, make the money that they lost out the year before. No harm done. Let them play their basball for a bit. And then we go and, go and beat them in the white ball stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, going back to the batting, uh, which you said, uh, the... Injury to Bumrah just adds on uh, the pressure on the batting to do even uh, better than they've been doing uh, off late. Another stat which I had was India have lost nine matches since the T20 World Cup last year out of 35. And in four of them, they have scored more than 170 and still lost and twice they had to chase 210 plus, one against uh, England and the other against South Africa. So they lost both of them. Uh, they reached close to 200 against England, all out for 175, 178 against South Africa. So you know, the it's the bowling which has, uh, uh, you know, been letting them down. And so the batting has been doing their job. but with Bubra not there and, you know, all the death over issues and all, it just increases the pressure on the batters and on the bowlers also. So, kind of, you know, it's a very lopsided team, I think, which is going into the World Cup because the batting is so good on one hand, but on the other, you know, uh, six out of nine times they uh, they have lost despite scoring more than 175 runs, which is you know a massive concern so i don't know how in such a short span they are going to change that or if it can be changed but i just hope that it's don't worry you're stressing sarah i I can
1: feel the the tension coming through the screen Uh, i can feel the, the the usual sort of drama and and the the hope and and the expectation and then the realisation that the bowling's not quite up to the scratch and how are we going to do well in this tournament? How are we going to win this ICC tournament? Don't worry, Shami's there. Shami's back. He's the man, right?
2: Yeah.
1: You can do that every time.
2: Yeah, he's the man. (laughs) Unfortunate that the warm-up against New Zealand was washed out because uh, it would have given the bowl, Shami especially, a chance. Again, you know, it makes me wonder why Shami didn't Play a bigger role in the match against Australia. Like, why did he just bowl one over? He could have easily sent on four overs if he was fit. So I'll again, tell you why they, they on the yeah
1: they player. don't want to show the world, do they? I mean, Shami's clearly he's been locked up in a lab for the last few months. They they say he had COVID mm-hmm. and all. That. He's been locked up in a in a secret lab somewhere in the vicinity of the NCA. They've been honing these new skills with him. He's he's come out beast like. He's ready to conquer the world, and they don't want to show the world all of his secrets just yet. Until the tournament kicks off, until that first match against Pakistan, even the rain in that New Zealand game. Look, it was it was probably engineered by by some very clever scientists. Just look, we don't want to show the world our, our hand. You know, it's like playing poker, isn't it? You don't show your hand too early. Uh, <laughs> but in all reality, though, it was a shame that that match was rained off. Not just because of the chamois. Situation, But the fact that India's top order could have played against Trent Bolt, they're going to come up against Shaheen in that first match on Sunday. And that would have been a good test, wouldn't it? Just for the top order to face another quality left arm seamer like that in those conditions and, and just almost have a net against a, a Shaheen Shah Freedy type bowler.
2: Yeah, um, also, what's interesting is all I knew I know this was a warm up match, but India have a terrible record against New Zealand in uh ICC events, so I do they've not law uh won a single match against New Zealand since 2003, I think, uh, in any ICC event, which is yeah, you talk even about even the world India, test Pakistan championship final, about, right. Yeah, yeah. Even the world is championship. Yeah. So that would have been a huge uh, you know, challenge for them facing a strong team like New Zealand. We talk about India-Pakistan, but India like New Zealand always have had the upper hand against them recently. So yeah, unfortunate that, you know, India missed the chance of playing against a very solid team. So it's all down
1: to Sunday. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's, let's hope they can uh, get, get some work done in the nets. They have played a lot of cricket of late, but it's like you say, the likes of Shami who haven't had that much time out in the middle who, who could have done with that workout. Right, we're going to take a short break here and then off the back of that, we will discuss the favourites tag or being one of the favourites. Uh, is that a help or a hindrance for India? See you in a moment.
0: You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google on podcast. We speak cricket.
1: So then looking at the latest bookies odds, we can see that Australia uh, are just about favourites ahead of England and then come India. I mean, those odds have been fluctuating over the last few days, particularly when England beat Australia and then England and India both became more favourites to win. In fact, India were favourites at one stage for, for a brief moment in time. Uh, with some of the bookies, um, as to you know, to win the tournament outright, and then Australia have come back since, and uh, are favourites once again on home soil as holders as well. They're always, I mean, they're, look, they're, they're the big three in inverted commas. They sort of run world cricket. India kind of runs it, and those two are, are like the the assistants, I suppose. It's where all the money is, it's where all the glamour is. They tend to be favorites going into any white ball tournament these days uh in the last four or five years. Firstly, I'm not going to ask you should India be one of the favorites they They probably should um is that a hindrance though going into because basically from every tournament since about twenty eleven India have been the favorites to to win or amongst the top two or three favorites to win they all right, they, they won the 2011 World Cup on home soil. That was brilliant. They won the Champions Trophy in England in 2013. It's been a big fat duck since then. Nothing in terms of ICC tournaments. Is that pressure just a bit too much? And particularly when you've not got Captain Cool like MS Dhoni, leading your side anymore and, and to t- kind of take that pressure from the media and the journalists and everyone building up into the tournament. Has, is that just proving too much for this India side? Can they handle it? one more time
2: uh, I know what the odds say but are they really the favourites well
1: third favourites according me, to the me I think
2: no uh, do you think they're the favourites because according to me uh, in the last 10 years or so I think this is the lowest that India have had uh, like have a chance of winning like according to me because yeah, well, uh, before the Asia Cup I would say yeah okay India were favourites I was so you know ...confident in predicting they'd win the Asia Cup and all... ...but after that, the issues that came up were just very frightening... ...and I'd say they're not the favourites at all... ...even like today we had... uh, ...my semi-finals are going to be... ...Australia, England... ...South Africa, Pakistan... South Africa I know, I know well that. against India recently. I know why you've done yeah. that.
1: We, we don't often get predictions right. So hopefully that's that's another one to, to yeah. add to the, the collection. <laughs> um, but look, yeah, South Africa have been playing brilliantly. But Pakistan, on the other hand, England beat them in that series. It was a very good series, very close series. 4-3 in that seven-match monster series. It was almost like a full-blown uh, tour of the country, wasn't it? Um, you know, from, from the old days where you just tour somewhere for two months it, it it was a long series but it was good it was a very strong England side but it wasn't England's best side Butler wasn't playing for example um you know they're, they're missing one or two key personnel obviously Joffre archer has been out for quite some time as well now no Reese Topley as well so England have got their their own issues but they they did beat Pakistan um Pakistan rely quite heavily on their top two so there's there's question marks over the middle order who have fired on occasion recently, but it remains to be seen really. And and is Shaheen fit? Can can he be the same Shaheen that we saw in the last World Cup? We don't know yet. I mean, yeah, he's done it in the warm up games. Took a couple of wickets uh, earlier today, as we are recording here, and that that's, that means nothing really in a warm up game where where there's nothing at stake and and it's not an official uh, a game as such. So. South Africa, yes, they've been playing well um, against India. They've played a lot of cricket recently, though fatigue could come into it. Um, you know, again, it's the big tournament. South Africa with that tag of of being chokers, at big tournaments. Um, you know, different players, different India personnel. Choppers, India have choked recently. You're right. India have been choking <laughs> yeah. um, in the knockout stages of ICC tournaments. Um, so I, I think it's quite open, and and yeah, it's it's going to be two out of India, Pakistan, and South Africa. Um, let's let's see how it goes. You imagine?
2: I think New Zealand will. Sneak yeah, exactly. In New Zealand always have point. like they are never the favourites, and then they always somehow manage to sneak in. Well, so, you'd
1: imagine. Look,
2: uh, we really can't write them.
1: According bookies. to the bookies, it'd be Australia and England, and not just according to the bookie. Most cricket fans would say, yeah, Australia and and England, hundred percent. You know, Australia on home soil, defending champions. They've got a great side. England have been playing some really good cricket as well. But New Zealand are in their group and that makes it so tough. And and New Zealand can never be counted out at these major tournaments as well. Um, We still don't know who's going to qualify from the preliminary round as well. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe one or two surprises in terms of results, at least in the group. Not saying any of the qualifying sides will make the semis, but they could upset one or two of the bigger sides, couldn't they? So that, that could come into it as well. Uh, the unknown factor for some of these bigger sides, having not come across the Namibias and the Netherlands of this world. you know, let, Let's see who makes it through first and, and we'll discuss that further. Um, it's quite open. I wouldn't say India anywhere near the favourites either. And that's, that's speaking objectively, um, just the way everyone else has been playing, the way India have been playing, the bowling problems and, and all that kind of stuff. But it still remains the fact that with the bookies... There's a lot of money coming in on India, which is why the odds are shortening. And yeah, there are more Indian cricket fans than anyone else in the world. But it's also the media pressure, isn't it? There's an expectation. It doesn't matter what tournament it is. It doesn't matter who you're up against, what your group is, what your fixtures look like. India must win. And anything other than a tournament win is a failure. And that wasn't the case for for me growing up. You know, you didn't go to every tournament thinking India going to win. You think, alright, if we get to the semis it's quite good. We beat Pakistan along the way. It's great. You know, and it's a successful tournament. The 2003 World Cup is, is a great example of that. We weren't the favourites going into it by any stretch. It was one of the great Australia sides of all time. One of the great cricket sides of all time uh, that ended up beating India in that final, beat India in the group stage as well and then India had a dream run made it to the final but you know, no one really thought they were going to beat that Australian side in their prime, and and it didn't happen. And we look back on that quite fondly, don't we? That India had a great World Cup. It wouldn't be classed as a great World Cup now, would it? No. Does does anyone remember uh, the twenty fourteen T Twenty World Cup final? Yeah, they might remember it for for the wrong reasons of India losing in Bangladesh, but is is a yeah, Yuvraj playing like a test match and all that kind of stuff and, and whatever the situation was. But everyone looks back on it and thinks, bloody oh, that was a shit tournament, wasn't it? Look, look what we did in the final. But making the final is no longer a success for Indian cricket. So there's a lot of pressure and surely the players are aware of this everywhere they go. They know everyone's expecting them to, to win this tournament. Anything other than victory is classed as a failure and they're going to cop it, aren't they? And that can't be easy, playing under that kind of pressure.
2: Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I'd say that works in India's favour is, um, you know, how much they've improved their game while batting first. So I think, you know, um, pro, uh, till last year, it uh, like if they lost the toss, um, it was almost like, you know, their struggles batting first were so evident that almost uh, when they lost the toss, it was like, oh my God. Uh, India are going to struggle now. Uh, again, another stat, like from 2018 to twenty one, when um, like they lost 50% of the games when they had to bat first. Th- 32 times, they made less than 170. Oh, in 32 games, they made less than 170 15 times, which uh, almost uh, 50% of the time they made uh, less than 170, which, uh, you know... Yeah, obviously, it's not uh, an easy score. Like, it's uh, not a very tough score to chase down 170. So, uh, the troubles, batting first, were so evident. But after that, they've won, uh, like since the World Cup last year, they won 68% batting first. They've scored uh, 18 times out of 35. So, uh, yeah, they have all the troubles. But, you know, till the last World Cup, it was almost like... uh, you were hoping that India wins the toss because they were a better chasing team and uh, all of that. And then they ended up losing the toss to Pakistan, New Zealand and their troubles were just, you know, compounded uh, from that. So I think in this World Cup, I hope in this World Cup that, you know, the toss factor at least is removed a little bit. Uh, We are saying they're not the favourites and all, but at least I hope that, you know, this thing that... um, the, like it won't really be dependent on the toss alone. Uh, yeah, so I think that one thing goes in their favor that they've had a little success batting first also, which was which was a big concern uh, before that. So yeah, we are saying they're not the favorites, but again, you know, somehow India all seem to uh, rise during ICC events. Rise uh, in the sense they enter the semis. Not last time. Not last time. (laughs) Yeah, not last time. One off. Yeah, but I remember during the tooth. I I don't know if I should say this in the fear of jinxing it. But two thousand fifteen World Cup, there were a lot of you know scrutiny on the pacers. Before that, I think there was a tri series featuring England, Australia. The pacers went for a lot of runs, Uh, and then the World Cup, they just. Came up, they picked up, you know, wickets till the semi-final. Yeah. Uh, India bowled out, uh, bowled out the other teams. I think in all games won every so, game
1: as well. In uh, yeah. Shami
2: had, yeah, yeah, Shami had a standout uh, tournament. So again, not see Sha- saying anything for fear of Shami King rose Singh, but, on that yeah. occasion,
1: and and there were there were some randoms in there. Mohit Sharma had a had a great tournament, as well. I remember, yeah. I was there covering. Every India match at that tournament, and uh, yeah, it was great to see. And who knows, maybe that could could happen again. Probably won't, but uh, less we we live in hope, don't we? But but look, <laughs> yeah. they will always be one of the favourites going into any ICC tournament these days. It's just just the the nature of how it is. And uh, we'll discuss, of course, uh, India versus Pakistan in more detail in our next episode. So do stay stay tuned to our feed uh, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're subscribing via uh, your podcast provider as well, just stay across uh, our next episode because we'll have uh, an in-depth preview of India versus Pakistan on Sunday, the 23rd of October. That match takes place, of course. Uh, We'll aim to have that to you by Friday. Um, So, right, we're going to take another short break. And off the back of that, once again, politics shows its, uh, rears its ugly head, I should say, in Indian cricket. We'll be back in a moment.
0: If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 99.94 DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So Sarah,
1: politics in Indian cricket. I mean, look, they should. uh, You've probably seen the film Rajniti or or heard about it. Certainly, you've not seen it, but famous, you know, big hit in uh, Indian cinema as well. All about the political nature and politics and elections, and they should make a cricket version of that Rajniti too the BCCI or something like that, they should call it. And and they could probably do a series on it, actually, a Netflix series or something. So Netflix India, if you're listening, uh, I'll, I'll come on board as a consultant for that one, uh, if you get that going one day. But look, it's there's always something happening. I mean, we're, we're on the verge of a T20 World Cup, but the BCCI uh, are just doing things at their own pace and they've removed... The, well i say removed he's he's not going to serve a second term or another term as as president saurav ganguly he's out roger binney 83 world cup winner is in that's a bit of a random one for me certainly i didn't didn't strike me as somebody who's very political or or into that sort of scene is he a puppet we don't know jay shah seems to be running the show the government obviously you know his dad is the home secretary so there's probably that influence somewhere you would have thought as well um just before we get on to Ganguly of course Jay Shah as we mentioned they're um also the chief of the Asian Cricket Council and uh, he decided that the Asia Cup to be held next year just after reports were coming out that India would tour Pakistan for that 2023 Asia Cup he's decided that India won't as as the chief of the BCCI probably based on government advice He's decided that India won't tour Pakistan and then just took that hat off, put his other hat on as the ACC chief and then said, well, because India have decided that they can't tour, we'll have to move it to a neutral venue. So um, that that's a bit mad, it's, isn't it?
2: The quote was, I have decided that we will play at a neutral venue. And uh, we have decided. We have yeah. decided. No, but he said we. Yeah, it was... For the... Yeah, it was... We have decided that we will not yes. travel to Pakistan. I have decided that we will play at a neutral yeah. venue. So just the power that he has, you know, I have decided whatever whatever happens, I will decide we will play at a neutral venue. I will pick the venue. Pakistan don't want to come. Okay, they don't come. But I have decided this and this is what should be done. I mean, look, it's a shame. That's that's politics. It's a shame. Yeah, it probably was never going to happen.
1: I mean, I put out a tweet saying, you know, reports. I saw reports and it was being reported quite widely. Reports suggest that India will tour Pakistan for that Asia Cup. Didn't last very long. Probably was never going to happen given the political situation between you know, tension at government level. And the BCCI has to listen to government advice on these things and, and couldn't do it. Um, Pakistan fans are not very happy about it. You can understand why, but I suppose they have to remember that in 2018, Pakistan didn't want to tour India. So they had to move that one to the UAE as well, the Asia Cup. So, you know, it swings and roundabouts. There's been fans saying, oh, we're going to boycott the 2023 ODI World Cup don't think that's going to happen as well. You know, it's it's, it's getting a bit messy. You know, it would have been nice and, you know, it would have been nostalgic for all us fans who have seen uh, tours of, of India and Pakistan back and forth over some of the years in the 2000s, from 04 to 07, they were playing each other all the time. It would have been nice. It wouldn't have been a full-blown tour. It would have been an Asia Cup tournament. So, you know, wouldn't have had to be there too long. It would have just been, you know, four or five matches, whatever. And and done, and it would have been a nice gesture, I suppose, a, a hand of friendship extended between the two nations isn't to be. We've got to move on, and 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 that's that.
2: Um, One question before uh, we move: uh, 2016, Pakistan came to India for the yeah. T20 World Cup. Um, uh, the next ICC event in Pakistan is 2025 Champions Trophy. I know it's a long time away, but again you, think it's, an you some... it's an ICC tournament. It's an
1: ICC tournament. So look Pakistan have been several times haven't they for tournaments. 2011 World Cup was a famous one where there was a lot of tension um around that one and and there was actually thoughts of moving the final from Mumbai. I don't know how true those reports were. Um because India versus Pakistan in the semi-final in Mahali. what if Pakistan won that could they then go to Mumbai? Based on what happened in Mumbai in, you know, just three years prior to that, with the attacks and the links to Pakistan. And, you know, there, there were, you know, I don't think Mumbai and the Shiv Sena party and whatever else would have welcomed them, the Pakistan team, into Mumbai. And there, it could have been riots. So that, that was very tense, that situation um, around that. And they still came. Um, as you say they came in twenty sixteen, they'll probably come in twenty three despite the empty threats at the moment.
2: I saw the India Pakistan World Cup game at Eden Gardens in twenty sixteen and it was just Yeah. Like one of the best cricketing moments. You like, can't beat yeah, it I, can I was you, there for as a fan, but for atmosphere, yeah. you
1: can't beat it. I mean, yeah. you would have been at Eden Gardens, right? So it would have been
0: yeah. all
1: India fans. <laughs> don't know if Sachin Pakistan fans there, would have yeah. been allowed at that point. Um, visas, they, you know, a few of them did come for the 2011 World Cup, I remember. Um, but watching them at neutral venues, like I've watched them in England several times. I've been to Australia. The Adelaide Oval was my favourite. It was, wherever you go, it tends to be, there, there's just more Indians in the world, right? So you're going to get more Indians in turn at cricket matches than whoever else they're playing. It's just the nature of how these things work. They're organised as well, the India fans. they They tend to organize themselves in army groups and all this kind of stuff. And they get the tickets in advance and they plan their journeys years in advance. So, you know, they're they're very organized. That's probably why, you know, they they end up eating up most of the tickets at these matches. So there were more India fans at the Adelaide Oval, but there was a healthy section of Pakistanis as well. And and it was great to see. The atmosphere was great. Um, You just can't beat those matches. So we do want to see more of them. It would have been nice if we could have seen... India touring I I don't know about the 2025 who knows is there another Indian general election mm-hmm. on the horizon between now and then Yeah
2: it's 24, 24 so
1: yeah. who knows right if A lot I things. mean that yeah. it's unlikely that the BJP will be ta- you know lose their power um whether Modi retires mm-hmm. or who knows uh, Amit Shah will probably be still be around so it, it could be unlikely but it's an ICC tournament so it's different isn't it so they might just have to bite the bullet. And... Unless
2: the BCCI just say, unless the BCCI say, I have decided the World Cup, uh, the Champions <laughs> Trophy will be held at a neutral. Unless they,
1: they might, they might
2: so we can't well, they might that install a here. chief
1: um, of the ICC at some point yeah. between now and then as well. So uh, an Indian. Um, who knows? Who knows? It'd be nice to see. It'd be nice to see full-blown tours back and forth once again. But I fear we're a long way from there at the moment. But given all that, um, in amongst all that, Saurav Ganguly has made way. He's no longer the president of the BCCI. As I mentioned, Roger Binney has now taken up that role. Doesn't leave behind a great legacy, Ganguly, as, as the BCCI president. Why do you think that is? Is it because he was basically a puppet? He's, he's the only former Indian captain who's held that role as the chief of the, the cricket board. But was he really the chief? It was Jay Shah pulling all the strings. A lot of people think so. That's the way it looks at the moment as well. And
2: yeah, yeah, and not a lot of uh, like you uh, expected improvements in so many fronts, especially women's cricket. He didn't do a lot. A lot, I'd say. Did he do anything for women's cricket? I don't. He think delayed so. the IPL
1: for a few Except, years. Except you know. So yeah, <laughs>
2: delayed the IPL. Delayed, delayed their payment. Um. In 2020, uh, the tour to Australia was cancelled because bcci said logistic reasons because uh, 2021, sorry, uh, logistical reasons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the same time, the men's team was in Australia at exactly the same time. 2021, the women's T20 Challenge wasn't held when the uh, men's IPL was shifted to UAE last year. Uh, but they just cancelled the T20 Challenge saying logistical reasons. But you held the IPL, so, you know, it's obviously just bias. Uh, Then, obviously, the whole news leaks, you know, there was no official communication from the BCCI uh, reports. just, We got to know that Bumrah has been ruled out because of reports. The BCCI communication came in at least three or four days later. We got to know of the potential replacement. Obviously, we knew it would be Shami, but that was also from leaks and sources. Then the whole mess regarding Virat Kohli's captaincy, it was just, you know, such an ugly week that uh, the fact that uh, Kohli wasn't even, you know, given a call and he was just told one hour uh, before uh, the selection meeting that he's no longer the ODI captain. But
1: is this, how much of this is Ganguly? And how much of it was Jay Shah? We don't know. I mean,
2: he... Yeah, but there were so many contradictory statements from Gangli himself. Like, you know, uh, during the uh, uh, Kohli incident, he said, I personally requested Kohli to not step step down from captaincy, which Kohli, in his press conference, he just denied it. He said, no one ever told me anything like that from the BCCI. Uh, Then there was this whole thing where, you know, he was seen attending a selection meeting, uh, the BCCI handled they themselves, you know, posted uh, a picture uh, with the caption saying that uh, the senior selection committee met in Kolkata today to pick the scores for the upcoming tour against West Indies. This was in 2019, November, and Gangli is seen. Gangli later said that, no, I wasn't there in any selection meeting. This picture wasn't from a selection meeting. So, But the BCCI handled posted it saying it's from a selection meeting so there were so many contradictory things and it was yeah just it
1: it, it, it wasn't a marriage made in heaven was it let's let's put it that way um I mean so much was expected of him based on what he did as a captain and, and as a leader during his playing days as well sort of took India post all the match fixing allegations and all that in 2000 and just Took them onto a new level, brought that group of players together. They were playing for him. They'd go into battle for him. He was their leader. They started winning matches abroad, winning important test matches abroad, um, competing at multinational events as well, and, and really started sort of standing up for themselves on the world stage. And, and credit will always go to him for that. But a lot of the, you know, a lot of that leadership, those leadership qualities were expected. When he took up that role at the BCCI, and it wasn't to be. Um, and yeah, it's just a shame that his. Also, another thing, like
2: that. yeah, just three or four days after he became the BCCI president in 2019, uh, he had said that his biggest priority, in quotes, his biggest priority would be to introduce a contract system for the first class players. It's been three years, but there's no. Um, There's no sign of a contract system even being announced or in the works. So, you know, his biggest priority was that. So, yeah, it is down to Ganguly. Obviously, we don't know how what role he had. Obviously, Jaishat did control things. But, you know, he was the president after all. And he has to take responsibility for things that didn't work out. And it's, I think, fair to blame him for uh, at least women's cricket and you know all these other things which we spoke yeah. about
1: i mean just just very very quickly here at the end we there are reports i mean these are unconfirmed as well so so we don't know if they're true but it's out there it's been in several high p- uh, profile publications over in india um the fact that he he may well have carried on i think the bjp amit shah wanted him to be their candidate for being becoming chief minister in Uh, Bengal I think he refused obviously you know that that led to to this perhaps we're being told at least by those reports and there's been nothing to sort of deny those reports um, that I've seen from the BJP itself Um, but apparently he's going to go back and uh, try and become the chief of uh, the Cricket Association of Bengal as well so good luck to him Um, we wish him well in, in whatever he does in the future but it just wasn't. It didn't work, did it? It didn't work, and uh, we'll we'll see how Roger Binney and, and Jay Shah and that partnership gets on.
2: Also, one small, yeah, one small thing before we uh, wrap up. Uh, it's just a, such a big coincidence that just a few days after the Supreme Court extended the tenure of Jay Shah and uh Gangli that uh, Jay Shah continues at his post and Saroj Gangli has been axed. Like we are hearing, he's been sacked. So. Uh, yeah jaisha continues his pose but almost like they were just waiting for the supreme court's verdict to come in and then they just sacked uh, ganguly and jaisha continues so yep. just that yeah
1: jaisha survives once more so uh we'll see if uh if Roger Binney and Jay Shah's Indian men's team, do we call them that? They're they're the bosses anyway. um, Our India team, shall we say, it belongs to the people, doesn't it? We'll we'll see how our India team prepares in the next couple of days and we will be back with a full-blown preview ahead of India versus Pakistan. That match on Sunday, of course, Uh, we'll have it for you hopefully a couple of days before that. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94 DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of cricket audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94.